So our first sponsor for this week's podcast is Hero Cosmetics, and they make these amazing little acne patches that basically just disappear into your skin. So they sent me over some of their Mighty Patches, the original and invisible, and I basically just put them on on a pimple that's really ready to come to the surface. So a little white head, they absorb all of the gunk from your zits. Gross, but very effective, and they basically just disappear into your skin. It's like putting a dot of concealer on top of your skin. Now I'm really excited to try their other products that they have on their website like the Micropoint for blemishes and for dark spots. So those seem really exciting. They're also extremely affordable compared to other patches that might be doing the same thing. So they're about $12.99 for 36 to 39 patches. And if you spend $25 or more on their website, you get free shipping in the United States. So definitely go to herocosmetics.com and use the code WHITECOAT15 to get 15% off your purchase. The second podcast sponsor that we have is Personal Revolution Podcast. Have you ever been stuck inside one Wondering how to take charge of your life? Is there something that you want to do that you really want to do, but you haven't been able to do it just yet? This podcast, Personal Revolution, is made by bestselling author and life coach, Allison Task, and she's going to help you take control of your life with inspiration and humor. So this is super exciting. So if you guys want to hear more about this podcast and how it's going to help you out, then stay tuned till the end, and I'll be playing a little trailer from her podcast at the very end of this episode. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Brown Girl White Coat Podcast. This is your host, Sai, like a sigh of relief, and I'm super excited to be bringing you guys this short little series that I'm doing here just to expose you guys to some different careers outside of pursuing a traditional MD degree. So today we are sitting down with PT student, the curly clinician, or Deja, on Instagram, and she goes to Duke. She's a PT student, and she is just awesome on her Instagram, so make sure you go follow her at the curly clinician. She is both an activist, a pre-PT mentor, and just an awesome person. One of the first introductions that I had to her as a human being was when I asked her to be a part of my Deserving of Sunshine campaign to encourage body positivity, especially in the quarantine times. And she made this amazing post that I will link down in the show notes about the changes in her body during quarantine time and how that made her feel and how people should view their own bodies and it was just really beautiful so i hope you guys will go check her out and she says a bunch of awesome things about pursuing a career in pt so this was a super cool episode to do and you guys could look forward to more episodes like this with people in different career fields let me know if there's anything else you want to listen to anything else you want me to do an episode on some things i have coming up are an episode with a do student an episode with a podiatry student we have a pa student coming on so I'm really excited for this series to kind of take off and let you guys know that there's careers outside of the traditional MD degree that you can follow and they might be a better fit for you. You never know. I'm glad that we can kind of look at all of the aspects of healthcare and how different players have their own key role in the healthcare system. So I'm super excited for this episode, but also uh, make sure you go ahead and follow my Instagram at Cybear if you want more content, more of my life and things that I share. I do a lot of Q&As on there and people send questions and I get weirdly deep on my stories also the podcast has an instagram page so if you would go ahead and follow brown girl white coat pod on instagram you will be up to date with all of the most recent episodes coming out and updated when things come out updated when i'm recording with a new guest so that's exciting and i hope you guys enjoyed this episode let's get into it hey guys i'm sitting down today with deja from the curly clinician thank you so much for being on my show 
Of course. I'm so excited that you asked me to be on it. I feel honored. Yay. Yeah. So we're doing a little bit of a, like a segment with different people from the health profession. So I'm glad you can speak for the PTs and give our listeners a little bit more information about your career path and everything. Yeah. Representation is the best. So I'm glad to be able to represent on behalf of the PT profession today. Yes. Okay, cool. So how are you doing? How has everything been in your life? It's, it's been going. Um, it was a big transition to online learning, but thankfully we were at the end of our didactic, so we haven't had that much um, work to do. So it's just been like kind of, I'm trying to study for our mock boards that we have in July and then just trying to get ready for clinicals that start in August. So just oh trying gosh. to tie up all the loose ends. So exciting. Yeah. We just, we just started rotations in January and it's so much better than you know, schoolwork and learning. I know I'm so excited to have just like a year to not have to be in a classroom. Yes, exactly. Okay. So we're going to get right into our first segment. So I call this setting the record straight. I'm going to give you three different statements and you can say if they're true or false in your opinion. Okay. Ready? Okay. Sounds great. <laughs> okay. So the first one is deciding to become a physical therapist was an easy choice for me. True. Okay. Do you want to elaborate? Yeah. So um, in high school, uh, I was actually in a health professions class and we were required to shadow a healthcare provider for like 10 hours or something. And my mom, she worked in a physical therapy clinic. So I was like, okay, like this is easy access. I'll just go. And once I shadowed, I was like, wow, this is the career for me. Just like how much time you get to spend with patients and you get to really help them reach goals that they never thought were possible. I just, it just was like love at first sight. And ever since like junior year of high school, I've been on the, that path. So it's nice to be finally hitting the end of my like school portion yeah. and yeah, just have a goal that I've been working towards so long. That's finally going to be not over, but just starting, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Exciting. Okay. Number two, PT school is totally different from medical school or what you mm. know, medical school. I know you've like are not in it, but, um, from what you've heard, is there like a midway? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. I'm like half and half. Cause like from what I've seen, it's pretty similar. Like the things we learn, like starting off, like we learn like the basics, like anatomy and physiology, but well, I'm kind of changing my answer. I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess what are the differences? I guess we have a lot of hands-on like practical stuff because we are physical therapists. So I guess it could be similar to like DO programs since they do have a lot of um, like manual stuff that they do. Yeah. Like the OMM stuff mm -hmm. that they do. Pretty similar. Yeah. So I feel like the biggest difference is the, the manual and like physical stuff that we have to do. But besides that, like we still have to study and learn a lot of the, a lot of the same things. So. Got it. Totally. Okay, the last one is I would recommend physical therapy as a career to an undecided student. Yes. Now, why would I recommend that? <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like you can have a good work-life balance and um, you still get to have that patient relationship and you still get to help people, which is what a lot of um, students go into healthcare for because they want to help people. So in that sense, I think it's a good career to seek out if you're undecided, but... I think you should just shadow all of them and see what really fits with you and what aligns with your values and what you want in a career. Totally. Yeah. 
Okay. So I want to get to know you a little bit better. I want the listeners to kind of like know what you're all about. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you to your undergrad career? What brought you to PT as a career? Okay. So like I said, um, shadowing the healthcare provider really got me to PT. But before that, I always knew I wanted to work in the healthcare field. I just didn't know what. So I went through a lot of career ideas. Like I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician or a pharmacist or an athletic trainer. And I just went through like kind of the whole gamut. And then once I shadowed that physical therapist, it really solidified my decision. So since then, I've been on like the straight path um, to PT. When I started undergrad, like I knew that I wanted to go to PT school. So I like structured my um, schedule my classes to be able to take all those prereqs in the four years. So I wouldn't have to um, have any extra time in school. I made sure to pick a major that would help me get a lot of those prereqs in it. So I majored in kinesiology with a concentration in sports medicine. So I feel like that really helped me prepare for PT school. And then, yeah, I took a gap year after I graduated. And then during my gap years when I applied to schools and I am currently a second, almost third year student at Duke University. So Duke was the only school I applied to. I applied early decision. And yeah, it was my dream school. Um, When I was little, I used to tell my parents that I'm going to go to Duke because that's where smart people go. And (laughs) I guess I made that happen. So yeah, (laughs) North Carolina native. So I wanted to stay in state because this is where my family is. So yeah. That's awesome. That is great advertisement for Duke, by the way. They should like (laughs) take that little clip and put it in one of their (laughs) commercials. Um, so you majored in kinesiology, wow, I can't say that word, but, um, (laughs) is there a particular major that kind of lends itself to PT school or do you find that your classmates, your peers have majored in everything and it, it doesn't matter that much? Honestly, at the end of the day, I think it doesn't matter. And I really appreciated having the diversity of like my classmates that didn't major in kinesiology, especially because we all had different strengths. So Duke, um, we are on like a team-based learning system. So throughout the first and second year, we're put on a team of like five to six people and you do almost everything with your team. So you take exams with your team, quizzes, assignments. It's just, you basically have a small, like close-knit family to get you through PT school. So um, when they pick your teams, they try to like diversify them. So they don't put like five kinesiology majors on the team. So on my team, I majored in kinesiology, someone else majored in like neuroanatomy. Um, We have a communications major, an exercise science major, and then a health science major. And it was just nice to have like different majors because when we did certain assignments, like in our neuroanatomy class, like one of my teammates could help us out more because he majored in that. And then like when we had to write a paper, um, my teammate that was a communications major could help with that. So A lot of people think you have to major in kinesiology, and I do feel like it set me up well, but I mean, you're going to learn everything you need to know in PT school. So I feel like you should pick a major that you feel like you will excel in, and I mean, everything else will fall into place. You'll find time to take your prereqs, but don't just pick a major because you think that you're supposed to take it. Pick something that you really think you'll you'll enjoy. Totally. What should pre-med, pre-PT students be doing right now to help their chances of getting in? Like, what do you, what did you do, I guess, on the, on the side of, you know, just getting the good Mm -hmm. grades and, you know, studying, uh, what was something that strengthened your application? Uh, I really think volunteering strengthened my application and making sure to shadow in, um, like diverse settings. So 
for PT, I shadowed in um, outpatient pediatrics, um, inpatient, um, just like acute care and rehab, outpatient um, ortho, and uh, I shadowed in like home health. So making sure that whatever, like whether that be like nursing, um, MD, DO, OT, whatever you're interested in, make sure you shadow different um, settings because every setting is going to be different. Like when I first shadowed outpatient ortho, I didn't love it. And I was like, if this is what PT is, like, I don't want to do it. So it really helped me to like broaden my horizons and see that you can do so much in the profession. So yeah, shadowing and then volunteering, um, find something that you are passionate about and get involved with it. So I'm really passionate about um, underrepresented minorities and children. So um, one of the volunteer experiences I had was being a camp counselor for uh, a child with muscular dystrophy for a week. And I feel like that really like solidified my love for children and um, minority, helping out um, underrepresented minority children and children with disabilities. And then I also shadowed with, not shadowed, I volunteered with um, an organization that works with um, refugee youth that have just come to the United States. And it was a summer program to help them increase their like English literacy and learn stuff. And I really enjoyed that. So I'd say find something you're passionate about and do it long term. That'll look way better than you just volunteering at a bunch of random things just because you think it'll look good. Totally. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, especially like volunteering with a few different organizations and putting Mm -hmm. more time into those versus like doing totally random discontinuous opportunities Mm -hmm. because then you'll have like when you have an interview you'll have something to talk about when you have your essays you'll have something to talk about and it'll really show your passion for whatever field you're in and what you're really about so it's like a win-win situation definitely can you talk a little bit about the application process we started talking about you know interviews essays Mm -hmm. um can you talk about like what the structure of that is yeah, so as most like healthcare programs, we apply through a system called PTCAS. And I think that's like, doesn't medical school have like AMCAS? Yeah. Or, yeah, so it's basically like that, where it's just like one program where all the schools are in there and you enter in like all your information and your transcripts and you can like choose schools you want to send information to. So that's like the big thing you have to do. So to apply to PT school, you need um, shadowing hours. Each school differs on whether they require them or how many they require and what settings. So you need shadowing hours. You need at least three letters of recommendation usually. You also need volunteer experience and you have to have um, the prereq classes and have, you know, like a decent um, GPA and you also have to take the GRE. So I think those are all the things. Yeah. And your essays, of course. So, yeah. Yeah, totally. It sounds like a pretty lengthy process, like any like health profession Mm -hmm. schools. Yeah, they're all pretty similar. Yeah. Um, Can you talk about what a day looks like for you in PT school? Like what do you do from when you wake up to go to school or do you have streaming? Things like Mm -hmm. that. Okay. So I'll say like pre-COVID and then we'll do COVID. So pre-COVID, we're in school most of the time from eight to five. So um, my apartment is only like five minutes from school. So if we had class at 8 a.m., I'd wake up at like, honestly, at like 7 because <laughs> <And>, <laughs> I shower at night. So I would like have everything done and have everything picked out, wake up, you know, make some breakfast, get ready for school and go to school. So I'm not the type of person that would like to get there early and study before class because I like to study at night. So I would honestly wake up at the last minute <laughs> and then go to school and then totally. 
so school would be like eight to five. We usually have an hour for lunch. Um, we wouldn't be in school eight to five every day, but like some days we wouldn't have a morning class or an afternoon class, but that was just like the normal schedule. So then when I'd be done with class, I'd go home and I'd either like try to work out as like a way to clear my brain or I'd take a nap. And then honestly, for the rest of the evening, I would just study. So there's always like, I feel like every day I studied, no matter if we had like a test coming up or whatever, just to stay on top of the information. And like I said, I study better at night. So um, I would tend to stay up until maybe like um, 10 or 11 studying and then I'd go to bed and I feel like I am the most productive in that like six to like <laughs> 10 o'clock period. Like that's when I really get going. So I didn't try to be a morning person to study when I knew that that, would, that that didn't work for me. That worked for a lot of people, but it just didn't work for me. So I just made sure to stick to what worked for me. Um, post COVID, not post, well, we're still in COVID. So right now <laughs> it's a little different because we don't have that many classes. So usually I only have class once a day. Um, and it's either from nine to 12 or one to four and we use zoom. So it's synchronous streaming and we just, you know, get on zoom, make sure we have our cameras on and <laughs> go to online school. And then once I'm done with that, like I said, we're at the end of our didactic. So I don't have much to study for, but I have been studying for our mock board exam. So I do that in that in the evenings, but. So yeah, typically I, you are like required to go to class and be Yeah, we, we, all okay. of our classes are required. Yeah. Got it. And then do you get much clinical experience um, during your first like year or two before you start um, your actual rotations? Yeah, we do. So Duke is unique and we have a program um, where we actually get into the clinic once each semester with a smaller team of like two to three. So we got to see an inpatient setting and an outpatient setting during our first and second year. And I really, I really like that because um, then you're not so afraid to go into clinic your third year because you've been in the clinic and you've experienced it with a smaller group. So now when you're on your own, it's not, it's not that scary. So I really appreciated that because then we could like, we'd learn a little bit and then we could put those skills that we learned to the test and then go back and learn some more versus just like learning everything and then getting thrown in. So that was another reason why I chose Duke. Definitely. Definitely. Um, what does life look like after school for a PT? I, you might not know, you know, super in detail yet, but mm -hmm. from what you've heard, um, what is like a full functioning PT's life look like? Yeah. So most PTs, if you're working an outpatient, you'll probably work like eight to five or like nine to four. Um, if you're working inpatient, I guess it depends. It, some people work like three tens a week, but others just work like a normal, like eight to five. I mean, once you get off work, I, I know a lot of PTs still have to document. That's like a big thing. Like documentation just takes a lot of time. So you might be, um, especially at the beginning, doing a, a lot of documentation at home, but I feel like that gets better. But like once you're home, I feel like that's your time to like do whatever you want to do maybe like at the end of the night you'll prepare for a patient or something but I'm looking forward to when I'm done with work I can be done with work and come home and just totally do something else <laughs> versus like school especially right now I feel like it's like never ending because school is also home so it's like this weird environment where you feel like you're always in school so Definitely. I'm looking forward to having that like strict like those boundaries because you need that yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree with that. That's one of the reasons that I'm interested in emergency medicine because you like don't take call and you don't have 
to like document when you go home. I'm like, I need my time, my free time right? at home. <laughs> like I love work, but I love life outside of work as well. <laughs> of course. Let's see. So you talked about lifestyle, um, mm -hmm. you know, obviously being a plus for you. Are there any downsides to the career that you're like, mm, not my favorite? Hmm. I guess the pay is one thing that isn't great <laughs> because we go into a lot of debt oh, because yeah. we are a doctorate degree and I feel like that new grad pay just doesn't line up to that. So that's one thing I'm not so stoked for, but it's fine. My loans will get paid off, but yeah. So the pay and also um, PT right now is not that diverse. So there's only like 5% of African-Americans working. So that's something that I want to help increase because as providers, we need to like mirror our patients. Like our patients are going to be diverse. So we need to be diverse as well. So that's, I think those are the two things about the profession, but they can always be changed and no profession is perfect. So definitely. Yeah. Um, can you actually talk about like what is the bread and butter of PT? Like what do you, what kind of cases are PTs mm -hmm. seeing um, and what people can expect? Yeah. So MSK, musculoskeletal is our bread and butter. Like that's the basis of everything, no matter like what patient population you work with, like you're, they're going to have some kind of musculoskeletal issue. So I feel like knowing your MSK, like that's the foundation. And then maybe after that would be um, like neuro, and then just like general, like, um, cardio palm stuff. So those are like the big three that are important to know. Totally. Yeah. Um, have you ever considered any other careers? I know you said that, you know, you started considering PT as a viable career back in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, but why not something like medicine or nursing mm -hmm. or, you know, a PA? Uh, yeah. <laughs> So back in high school, I didn't really know about the PAA career track. So that wasn't even on my radar. Um, the ones that I really looked into were pharmacy, um, athletic training, and then um, uh, being, becoming a physician. So um, I, we, I took an athletic training class in high school and we had to do shadowing hours with that. And I liked it, but you usually, you're not, it's kind of hard to find a job. And if you do, you're usually going to be working out of school and you work a lot of hours and your pay doesn't really reflect that. So I did not, I did not like that. So then I looked into pharmacy because I'm like, okay, it's still healthcare and they get paid really well. But then I realized that I didn't, like, I wasn't passionate about that. So I knew that I shouldn't just go through with it because it was going to be a moneymaker. And then of course, like um, MDDO, I looked into that, but ultimately I didn't want to be in school for a long time. Forever. So yeah. So, I, but I think that's how I like came to PT. I'm like, well, all of these careers that I was interested in PT had like a little bit of each. So I feel like it was just the perfect fit for me for what I wanted long-term and how I wanted to help others. Yeah. That's awesome. That's beautiful. <laughs> um, also, I wanted to address this because you brought it up a little bit earlier, you know, the lack of diversity in health profession schools, especially. Um, what are some struggles that you faced as a woman of color pursuing PT or pursuing, you know, higher education in general? Mm -hmm. I guess one of the big ones is everyone thinking that I have the answers to all of the like DEI issues or like how to increase underrepresented 
minorities and like what to do and people expecting that my experience is the experience of everyone but like we aren't monoliths so just because I didn't experience a certain thing doesn't mean other people don't so I feel like that was a big thing like that's probably the biggest thing that I have to deal with on a day-to-day basis just everyone expecting me to have all the answers and then expecting all of us to be the same and we're not Totally. Is this coming from like peers or like people at the school or patients or? Mostly peers. Like I haven't really had that, that many like confrontations or anything with like patients or like my faculty is really, um, they're really supportive and like, yeah, it's mostly peers. Mm -hmm. So just trying to like get my peers to think outside of what they've been knowing for all of their life and just like open their eyes and broaden their horizons and just be open to what's actually going on. It sounds exhausting. (laughs) Very exhausting. And the fine line between like still trying to be professional, but still advocating for yourself and your people. So I'm sure you can relate. Definitely. Definitely. And I know that, you know, I I don't want to talk too much about what's going on because that's not the point of this episode, but, um, you know, you have taken a stand on social media. You're, mm-hmm. you're, um, you're posting a lot of things that are extremely helpful, like a lot of resources. Um, have, you, have you ever worried about posting those kinds of things and how that relates to your career? Like, do you ever worry a little bit about posting so outwardly some things? Yes, I do. But um, one of my friends posted on Twitter the other day and she said, um, if a job is not going to hire me because of these things, then that's not where I need to be. And I felt like that was like the perfect thing. Like I can't expect it to just, I can't be expected to fit into this little box. Like I am so much more than just a PT student right now. And I feel like it's my duty with a platform and as a woman of color to advocate for us and talk about what's going on. And my future, like the, the, the job that I'm going to have, if it's the right job for me, they're going to be okay with what I'm doing. And I'm not attacking anyone. I'm taking it from a stance of like this is how you can grow and how you could learn so yeah Definitely. I mean at the end of the day I'm always going to be a black woman so this is a part of me that they're just going to have to accept yeah no, definitely. I think, you know, medical students, I've heard from several of my classmates that they refuse to post things on social media or use their platform to say anything because of residency applications coming up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those are notorious residency admis- or what's it called? Admissions are mm-hmm. notorious for scanning through everything you've ever posted on any social media. And so people are scared to post things. And I, I don't know, I would refer them to your friend's tweet. yeah and I feel like at the end of the day I mean I know a lot of people like um, private their accounts once they go through the residency season so you can always do that but yeah like I said if they're if they're not okay with you speaking out against the injustices in the world then that's not a place you need to be totally yeah um so I want to regroup just a little bit and talk about COVID because I want to know how it's affecting PTs and PT students Mm-hmm. Um, so how has that really like changed both your education and maybe the, the final form of a PT, like what they do on an everyday basis? Yeah. So education wise, um, you know, we're having <laughs> Zoom University. Totally. So just getting um, comfortable with learning at home and learning um, from the computer and just how that works. But then um, 
in the profession generally like telehealth has been a big thing now it was always like kind of in the background but now it's becoming like a big thing for PT and getting um, like Medicare to be able to cover it which has happened so that's great so telehealth has been a big thing that um, we've been learning about Um, and also just like educating people on what PTs do because a lot of people are like well how can like how are PTs on the front lines how can they help with COVID so just really like I think we've spent a lot of time just trying to educate the general public on the scope of PTs and like how they can help and there are PTs that work in the emergency room that are ambulating COVID patients or proning them or just when you're um, when you've recovered from COVID just like after that so like PTs do work in the hospital and yeah just really what we do and how we can help and that it is an important part of the healthcare field definitely yeah that's awesome yeah I think that is a misconception about PT is that you know it's a lot of like elective things and and that's definitely not like the case. oh just exercise or they're just <laughs> going to tell me to do sit-ups and push-ups and it's so much more than that yeah definitely um So this is my last question for you. This is the last question I ask everyone on the podcast. Um, What advice would you give to pre-med or pre-health students that are currently interested in pursuing PT as a career? Hmm. I would say to just follow your heart. That sounds cheesy, but like, just (laughs) like you, you kind of know deep down, like what you're looking for and what you need in a career. So really just follow that and it's okay if PT is not the right one for you. But like I said earlier, like make sure you do shadow because I feel like that's when you really find out like what you want to do. Like you can watch a bunch of videos online or hear people talk, but like shadowing is like the real thing. So I feel like, yeah, finding your passions and shadowing, very important things to do. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Deja, for joining me on my podcast today. Thank you for having me. This was fun. I was kind of nervous. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to say. Like she didn't give me any, any questions. So (laughs) I liked it though. It was good to to speak on like just the fly and just like what came to my head and what came to my heart. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. I find that's always the best way to go because you speak, you speak truthfully, you know, and we want people like preparing answers. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, my name is Allison Task, and I am the host of Personal Revolution. Are you ready to be happy and do that thing you always wanted to do? Well, I am thrilled to announce that I have now made available for free the Personal Revolution podcast course. This course is based on my best-selling book, and it is now yours for free wherever you like to listen to podcasts. It includes 10 original episodes with plenty of never-released-before content, and then it includes a premium version. For $4.99 a month, you will get a customized workbook. You'll get access to a private community on Himalaya, and you'll have just-in-time audio drop-ins from me again in the community on Himalaya. Just go to Himalaya.com, look up Personal Revolution, and type in Revolution to get your first month for free. I'll look forward to seeing you in the community.